0: Good morning. Our psalm this morning is Psalm 10, and it's on page 353. And uh, morning prayer starts on page three. Thus saith the high and lofty One that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy: I dwell in the high and holy place with him that is of also can't a king, hear you, Bob. and humble spirit. I can hear you just fine, Bob. Wait, I'm not heard right. or not heard?
1: You're you are being heard, heard, Bob. You are heard, okay. Yes.
0: Oh, send out thy light and thy truth that they may lead me and bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy dwelling. O oh, Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall shout forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost.
2: As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised.
0: Psalm ninety-five. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. World without end. Amen. Psalm 10 is on page 353. Why standest thou so far off, O Lord, and hidest thy face in the needful time of trouble?
2: The ungodly for his own lust doth persecute the poor. Let them be taken in the crafty wiliness that they have imagined.
0: For the ungodly hath made boast of his own heart's desire and speaketh good of the covetous whom the Lord abhorreth.
2: The ungodly is so proud that he careth not for God, neither is God in all his thoughts.
0: His ways are always grievous, thy judgments are far above out of his sight, and therefore defieth he all his enemies. For he
2: hath said in his heart, Tush, I shall never be cast down, there shall no harm happen unto me.
0: His mouth is full of cursing, deceit, and fraud. Under his tongue is ungodliness and vanity.
2: He sitteth lurking in the thievish corners of the streets. Privily in his lurking dens doth he murder the innocent. His eyes are set against the poor.
0: For he lieth waiting secretly, even as a lion lurketh he in his den, that he may ravish the poor.
2: He doth ravish the poor when he getteth him into his net.
0: He falleth down, and humbleth himself, that the congregation of the poor may fall into the hands of his captains.
2: He hath said in his heart, Tush, God hath forgotten. He hideth away his face, and he will never see it.
0: Arise, O Lord God, lift up thine hand, forget not the poor.
2: Wherefore should the wicked blaspheme God, while he doth say in his heart, Tush, thou God carest not for it.
0: Surely thou hast seen it, for thou beholdest ungodliness and wrong, that thou mayest take the matter into thine own hand. The
2: poor committeth himself unto thee, for thou art the helper of the friendless.
0: Break thou the power of the ungodly and malicious, search out his ungodliness until thou find none, The Lord is king
2: for ever and ever, and the heathen are perished out of the land.
0: Lord, thou hast heard the desire of the poor. Thou preparest their heart, and thine ear hearkeneth.
2: To help the fatherless and poor unto their right, the man of the earth be no more exalted against them.
0: Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost.
2: As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 14th chapter of the second book of Kings. In the second year of Joash, the son of Jehoahaz, the king of Israel, Amaziah, son of Joash, king of Judah, became king. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Johadan of Jerusalem, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, Yet not like his father David, he did everything as his father Joash had done. However, the high places were not taken away, and the people still sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. Now it happened, as soon as the kingdom was established in his hand, that he executed his servants who had murdered his father the king. But the children of the murderers he did not execute, according to what is written in the book of the law of Moses, in which the Lord commanded, saying, Fathers shall not be put to death for their children, nor shall children be put to death for their fathers, but a person shall be put to death for his own sin. He killed 10,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt and took Selah by war, called its name Jachthiel to this day. Then Amaziah sent messengers to Jehoash son of Jehoahaz, the son of Jehu, the king of Israel, saying, Come, let us face one another in battle. And Jehoash, king of Israel, sent to Amaziah, king of Judah, saying, The thistle that was in Lebanon sent to the cedar that was in Lebanon, saying, Give your daughter to my son as wife. And a wild beast that was in Lebanon passed by and trampled the thistle. You have indeed defeated Edom, and your heart has lifted you up. Glory in that, and stay at home. For why should you meddle in trouble so that you fall, you and Judah with you? But Amaziah would not heed. Therefore, Jehoash, king of Israel, went out. So he and Amaziah, king of Judah, faced one another at Ben Shemesh, which belongs to Judah. And Judah was defeated by Israel, and every man fled to his tent. Then Jehoash, king of Israel, captured Amaziah, king of Judah, the son of Jehoash, son of Ahaziah, at Ben Shemesh. And he went to Jerusalem and broke down the wall of Jerusalem from the gate of Ephraim to the corner gate, 400 cubits. And he took all the gold and silver, all the articles that were found in the house of the Lord in the treasuries of the king's house, and hostages, and returned to Samaria. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoash, which he did, his might, and how he fought with Amaziah, king of Judah, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Jehoash rested with his fathers, and was buried in Samaria with the kings of Israel. Then Jeroboam, his son, reigned in his place. Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, lived 15 years after the death of Joash, the son of Jehoahaz, king of Israel. Now the rest of the acts of Amaziah, are they not written in the books of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? And they formed a conspiracy against him in Jerusalem, and he fled to Lakshish. But they sent after him to Lakshish and killed him there. Then they brought him on horses, and he was buried at Jerusalem with his fathers in the city of David. All the people of Judah took Azariah, who was 16 years old, and made him king instead of his father Amaziah. He built Elath and restored it to Judah after the king rested with his fathers. In the 15th year of Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, became king in Samaria and reigned 41 years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had made Israel sin. He restored the territory of Israel from the entrance of Hamath to the Sea of Arabah, according to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which he had spoken through his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet who was from Gath Helper. For God saw that the affliction of Israel was very bitter, and whether bond or free, there was no helper for Israel. And the Lord did not say he would blot out the name of Israel from under heaven, but he saved them by the hand of Jeroboam the son of Joash. Now the rest of the acts of Jeroboam, and all that he did, his might, and how he made war, and how he recaptured for Israel from Damascus and Hamath, what had belonged to Judah, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Jeroboam rested with his fathers, the kings of Israel, and reigned in his place. Here endeth the first lesson.
0: Benedictus says, Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
1: Here beginneth the third chapter of the second epistle to Timothy. But know this, that in the last days, before perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janes and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds, disapproved, concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all, as theirs also was. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, was Lystra, what persecutions I endured. And out, of them all the lo- the, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned, and be assured of knowing them whom you have learned them. And that from childhood, you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through the faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Here endeth the second lesson.
0: Grant, we beseech thee merciful Lord to thy faithful people pardon and peace, that they may be cleansed from all their sins and serve thee with a quiet mind through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us thy humble servants in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
3: morning to all. In our lesson from 2 Kings, we're, we're sort of in an ongoing litany of, you know, reviewing various kings who were assessed by whether they were, you know, did right in the eyes of the Lord or did evil. And we have a couple of kings of Judah, the Southern Kingdom, uh, where it said they 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 did right, but they left the high places, and this means they didn't get involved in the intensive baal cult that uh that Ahab had established with Jezebel, but they still allowed sort of the ordinary compromises and it is it it's noted of of our king today that he um you know he 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 did what was right, but not like david and and you you see some themes coming out in these subsequent kings. You know, he goes to battle against Edom and he challenges a northern kingdom. We always remember when we were reading David, David never did any of that without inquiring of the Lord what he should do. And we get here that that there's this kind of um practice of devotion to the God of Israel that that is there but not really attended to for the daily decisions of life. And you know, that's that's kind of the thing that's that's um characteristic of nominal faith that we believe in this thing, but we're really ordering our life in accordance to what's expedient for us day by day. We're not, you know, seeking God's will for whether this is what what we ought to do, whether this is in accordance with God's will for us. And so it's that kind of ordinary compromise of faith that characterizes these kings. And it's, it's heading for judgment for both kingdoms as, as we go through the narrative of kings as Advent comes to a close. Um, it's Trinity is a little shorter, so we will get truncated on the end, but the Northern Kingdom will, will be invaded and destroyed by the Assyrians. We'll probably get to that. And the Southern Kingdom by the Babylonians. And one note about this and this kind of laxity and, and, you know, devotion to God that's not wholehearted, how this contrasts with the New Testament religion of the Pharisees and we notice that in this Old Testament religion of Israel there are no Pharisees there is no legalist running around saying we have to do it this way and we should note that that the Pharisees are going to be the reaction after the time of the Old Testament in the time between the Old and the New Testament to precisely the judgment that's going to come on this laxity and, and so Old Testament religion wasn't really legalistic it was really very lax um, and and so um, you know we we will note that in in these kings who are are um, just so so in our Timothy lesson he he contrasts he says in the last days perilous times will come and we ought to understand that uh, this these last days New Testament wise don't as as prophecy teachers often draw out mean some distinct seven year period. But the last days in the in the fullest biblical sense are the entire time between the the um uh the the coming of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost and the coming of Christ at the end of time. We are in fact living in the last days. The implication of of Timothy here is that as you know as, as things progress along, men will get worse and and um the, the the main point of that is that Timothy shouldn't be surprised that the whole idea that this world is perfectible apart from the appearance of Christ is an illusion. And that's why all of the the sort of programs we might enter into to make this world a better place and to save the world are 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 really fool's errands. Our role in the, in the world now is to be witnesses for Christ, to certainly work for the good, but the good we work for is to bear witness to Christ, not with the illusion that we will be able to fix it all and make it right. And so we shouldn't be surprised. And we're, we've, our time has been certainly characterized by this kind of uh, disobedience, lovers of money, boasters, proud, all those kinds of things. Uh, we should note that Janus and Jambres in verse 8 are, in the Jewish tradition, the magicians that opposed Moses when he came to, to save Israel. And so the false teachers opposed the, the true teachers in the church that in that same way. But he contrasts there what Timothy's called to do. And in, um, in contrast with his unbridled, unforgiving slanderers without self-control, Timothy is to um, endure afflictions uh to to observe follow his saint paul's manner of life faith long suffering love, perseverance, not being surprised when devotion to the faith causes opposition and he he says that all who live godly will suffer persecution that obviously will vary in intensity, but if you want to stand for Jesus, you will at various times in your life feel like you're being opposed for that stance. And that's a sign that you really have real faith. And so um, an interesting thing about this contrast between the the, the sort of ungodly who are rejecting God and, and the call to persevere is he says to Timothy that um, you've known from childhood the scriptures and and the scriptures are inspired by God and are, are suitable to we may, that the man of God may be equipped. I think it's a unique virtue of our tradition that we spend each day reading through the scriptures because I think the thing that keeps us most rooted in the story of God, which makes us aware of the need to persevere, is staying in the scriptures. I've noticed for Christians, the more Christians depart from the scriptures, uh, the more they depart from the true faith, because all it's easy to draw be drawn into you know attractive secular narratives or religious kinds of ideas. The more we get back to the scriptures themselves, the more we stay rooted in this idea of living in Christ, being faithful, enduring uh and and not getting drawn into the way of the world and and the compromises in it. So the Bible and staying rooted in that biblical story is really essential to our faithfulness a few thoughts about today's lessons
0: continuing with a prayer for all conditions of men O god the creator and preserver of all mankind we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them thy saving health unto all nations more especially we pray for thy holy church universal that it may be so guided and governed by the good spirit that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith and unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate, especially those for whom we make our prayers at this time. and by walking before Thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with Thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost, be with us all evermore. Amen. Great to pray with you this morning. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Joel, Ed. Uh, Have a wonderful Thursday. And uh, after this good start, we'll look forward to seeing you tonight.
1: Thank you, Nick and Bob. Thank you, Bishop Scarlett. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone. Have a good Thursday.